Hello, this is Tim Marr, and this is my podcast number three, the podcast that just keeps going on and evolving. Recording out of the basement on the shores of the Seneca River that lead into the mighty Great Lake of Ontario that flows up to the St. Lawrence River and out into the Atlantic Ocean, spreading joy and fresh water throughout the world, kind of like me and my message today. Well, I want to wish everyone who's uploading this podcast or who has uh, decided just to listen for a few seconds a very happy, happy new year. Today's January 2nd that I'm recording this down in the basement here. And I find myself every uh, New Year's, the beginning of a new year, the beginning of a, a fresh slate in some cases, which I think is in some ways just kind of psychological because some of the stuff is still there floating around my head. But I find myself really finding a lot of pet peeves rise to the surface uh, with every new year. And I, I don't know what that is. It's probably uh, something with me. So, so on this podcast, I'm going to rant a little bit. Um, as opposed to getting into the uh, correlation between uh, crisis management, conflict resolution, and improvisation and and the creative uh, process. But maybe this is part of the creative process because right now I'm going to, you know, uh, let a little out, but making observations and maybe that's that's what it's about. But, um, you know, I just just find it interesting that uh, in the beginning of the new year, there is so much push on so much for us to improve ourselves in every way that all of a sudden that we feel as if it's January that we need to improve ourselves, that we need to lose weight, get in shape, uh, clean up our act, do whatever it needs to be done because it's the new year. And this really bothers me. You know, it really bothers me. Why don't, why does January have to be that month? I mean, uh, it seems like January is a great month just to kind of hang out and uh, rest from the big holiday hangover, you know. And, then that, and I see these constant bombardment of commercials and advertisements for weight loss. And uh, I, you know, I had a dream last night with Maria Osmond trying to feed me food that was coming in the mail. And and and, and you know, I, I, I listen to this and I see it, and I'm saying to myself. What is going on where if I order this food and I eat this food, I'm magically going to lose 30, 40, 50 pounds of weight just by ordering this food and eating all the food that supposedly I'm not supposed to eat. But if I order it through the mail, because I agree with Marie Osmond, I'm going to lose a lot of weight. And I think that just can't be real. You know, and and of course, I could shed a few pounds, I think. uh, But I'm thinking of what do you do to shed a few pounds? If, if you know, if, if it's possible, you know, some individuals do have issues where it's not possible to, to shed a few pounds. Then they're going to go out and buy these, have food delivered to their house. And, and, what if, and what if you don't follow the directions and you eat all the food at once? So what if you get this food delivered to your house and, you know, you, I assume you have this uh, schedule of what you eat and when you eat it and the amounts you eat, you know, but what if you just get hungry some night and decide to eat Thursdays and Fridays dinner at once. There's got to be a disclaimer with that. But in any event, you know, look, I just think to myself, you know, I want to lose a little weight. I watch what I eat. I watch it go in, but I don't watch a lot of it go in. And I exercise a little. And I think if I do that, I could lose a little weight. I don't have to order food to be delivered to my house. I just think 
I, I just I just can't get the connection between that. And, and that's just me. It's a pet peeve. It doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It doesn't mean that I, uh, I have anything against it. I just find it confusing, confusing when the messaging, the messaging is it's so easy. All you have to do is eat, 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 and you will lose, lose, lose. You don't have to give up anything. And then I started thinking to myself, maybe that's an issue that, maybe that's a larger issue than just meals coming to the house. Maybe that's a larger issue than just us wanting to lose weight by having packaged food come to our house and being told how many uh, ounces we can eat, when we can eat it, how to chew it, and all that kind of, maybe there's a bigger message there. Maybe all we have to do is, um, maybe we're being, you know, programmed in a way that is saying, live this way and, and life will go great. You'll always win. But what if you happen to get all that food delivered to your house and you don't lose any weight? How do you feel then? Probably not too great because now you can't even lose it that way. Uh, plus you're out of probably a lot of money because I'm guessing those uh, magical burgers aren't cheap. So it, it got me to thinking how um, in many ways... In some ways, we live in a world where, in many ways, we haven't really learned how to lose, you know, conditioning how to lose. And, and losing, just like the title of this podcast, Failing Up, losing is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, uh, it doesn't mean you want to go out and strive to lose, but you want to strive to try. And if you really try to try something, you're going to risk losing, you know. And, and, and when you lose or when you fail or, or, or any of those things occur, hopefully you're going to learn from it. And, and that's going to help you to develop into a way where you either continue to pursue whatever you failed at or lost. Or you're going to realize that, hey, you know, maybe that's not what I want to do after all. But learning to lose is not bad. You know, learning to lose is not bad. And, and it goes back to what I was talking about in uh, improvisation in the scenes, and it's moving everything forward. Okay, so I lost. Am I going to stop or do I take the information and move it forward? And I, you know, I, I, I just noticed that, um, you know, I've been to a bazillion conferences, and I'm sure everybody goes to bazillion conferences. I've spoken at conferences. I've sat at conferences. I have so many name tags. Hello, I'm Tim. You know, I've, I've eaten the dinners, I've listened to the speakers, I've spoken. And, it, you know, at all, and a lot of these conferences, what you get is you get a certificate of participation. What a crock. A certificate of participation. What does that mean? I went to a conference and I participated and I got a certificate because I participated. <laughs> I, I just don't understand where... <laughs> Where the accomplishment is in that, really. Now, don't get me wrong. There are things that individuals participate in that are honorable and courageous, and they deserve recognition for. I mean, you know, uh, heroic acts of participation, you know, storming the beaches and participating on D-Day, participating in saving lives, you know, if you participate in, a, in the Olympics. But to participate in a conference, you know, I was thinking to myself, everybody wants a certificate. And a certificate of participation. When my sons started playing youth soccer, you know, uh, and, and we signed them up for youth soccer and you pay about 75 bucks a kid. 
and they get the uniform. They play every Saturday. They practice every Tuesday. Uh, one Saturday out of the season, we have to bring snacks. You know, we have to make sure they're there. We have to make sure that's paid up. And then they give them a trophy for participating. They don't even want to keep scores in these games, but they give them a trophy for participating. So they don't want to have the kids actually compete on the field and learn, you know, about competition, which I believe you need to learn in this world, competition. But yet they're going to reward them for participating without competing. And I'm thinking to myself, hold on, who drove them? Who's paying the bills? Who got the freaking snacks here? Where's my certificate of participation? Because if I didn't participate and these other 40 parents on the team didn't participate, you wouldn't have this league. And it just really is my peeve, my pet peeve. People, we, we, we participate, and because we participate, we feel like we succeed. And uh, I think in some ways it, it, it causes individuals, maybe not, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, and I probably don't, but to avoid taking risk, to avoid facing challenges, and to avoid uh, conflict. But it's called conflict's not negative. In, in a crisis, to think as long as I participate, it's going to be okay. I'm going to participate, and it's going to be okay. Well, you know, that's not always the case, but um, that's another New Year's pet peeve I have. Now, this is going to lead into a really big pet peeve of mine. So I'm rambling on this on this uh, podcast because I, I just don't have a long list of guests knocking down my door this morning. Yeah, as of yet. The other thing is how we put values on... Um, training or on uh, training or self-help courses that are measured numerically. So here, here, here's what I mean. So for example, uh, now don't, there are some wonderful, wonderful 12-step programs. You know, and I'm the beneficiary of one. So they're tremendous 12-step programs. And, and the one that I ended up getting involved with, I didn't know they had any steps when I went there. I didn't know anything about steps. I didn't know... Step one, step two, step 12. I knew nothing about that. I just knew that they were, there was something there that I wanted and that I needed to change myself. And, 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 and the rest of it came. So it wasn't promoted by steps. Uh, but then you have, you, know, I th- you have a bazillion of these programs, but then you have seven steps, you know, seven steps for better living, five steps for getting your life together, you know, uh, 18 steps to being a better fundraiser you know, four steps to, to communicate. And people, and these authors think, well, if I put a step on it, you know, if I put a step on this program, come to listen to me speak. And, you know, in, in this morning, we're going to talk about the seven steps of better habitual living and planning. And if I do these seven steps in habitual planning, I will be a success in business and I will be a success in life. Not only that, if I order this food and deliver it to my house, I will be schvelt. I will be schvelt and I will be a success in life. Oh my God! Uh, and so what I'm trying to say is, if somebody's giving information, just create an awareness. Whenever I present, or um, I don't like to say lecture because lecturing means I'm talking at somebody. I like to present. I like to present to groups who who might have some interest as to what I'm uh, I'm talking about and sharing because I think it's more sharing than lecturing to somebody. Nobody wants to be lectured to. I don't hand out books. I don't hand out numbers. I don't hand out a magic wand. I don't tell anybody you're going to 
come to one of my presentations and I'm going to change the world. Uh, you're not going to come to my one of my presentations and I'm going to transform you in three hours or an hour or however long you want me around until you get sick of me. But what hopefully I'll do is I'll help create an awareness. I'll help, you know, hopefully I'll open up something that wasn't there before and you'll think about it. You know, you just think about it. And I think if you can create awareness in people and get them to think about things a little differently, I think that's really uh, uh, a success. You know, and I think if individuals, if our minds are open enough to be receptive to that, I think that's a success. Um, you don't need a book. You don't need a participation certificate. Um what you need to feel as if there's some value in what's happening. So you get back to these, you know, seven-step book, eight-step book. All, all that kind of, I think it goes back to the commandments, to be honest with you, because the ultimate steps that came down from the mountain were the ten steps, the ten commandments. Now, don't get me wrong. The ten commandments are a nice guideline to live life. Uh, and they came down on the tablets. And, you know, people figured out, hey, you know, ten steps, ten commandments to live your life. All right, now here's 12 steps, here's seven steps, here's five steps. And, and the steps just keep on coming. And, um, and it, makes, it makes me wonder, uh, well, what do you get out of that? I don't know what you, what you might get out, of, you get out of that. But those are just some of my pet peeves that have just popped into me as this, uh, you know, this new year begins. And uh, it's, a, you know, it's a new year, everybody's um, excited because uh, 2020 was, was quite the year full of uh, tragedy and, and uh, turmoil. And, and now we're in for a conflict and crisis. I mean, I think if there was ever a year where you're going to talk about conflict and crisis, 2020 stacks right up there at the top. And, and now everybody, I, I just I find it amazing that in, the, in a ball dropping in, in New York City, uh, that everybody thinks that's all gone, you know, 2021 is here. Great. It's a new beginning. Symbolically, it's a new beginning. Uh, but it doesn't just go away. You know, it doesn't just evaporate when the ball drops. Um, th there are still, you know, there is a process to uh, conflict and there is a process to crisis. And as you know, we talked about, I talked about, I say we because um, I like to be inclusive and make it sound like you guys are actually talking but. You know, it, it takes uh, a process. And when you get through the emotions and you get to the issues and you get to the interest, but you just can't stop in the middle of a negotiation or you can't stop in the middle of a crisis and say, oh, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. We've solved it. And tomorrow, after all, tomorrow is another day. Well, tomorrow is another day, but the same situations will still be there unless they've been resolved, unless they've been addressed, unless they've been uh worked through and worked through by um, collaborate through collaboration, through communication, through the the steps of emotion to issues, to interest, to finding some type of consensus. And and unfortunately, you know, uh, symbolically, it feels great that it's a new year. It's 2021. But you know what? Last year at this time, it felt great that it was 2020. It was a new decade. We we're coming into a new decade. How exciting. A new decade. Well, that lasted about eight weeks. And then, um, and so the, you know, 2021 is, is, is what we continue to work through. Um, and, 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 and there's a lot of things, you know, obviously going into 2021 that are, uh, you know, being addressed and need to be addressed. You know, life-threatening things. How do we, 
administer a vaccine to to millions of people in a timely fashion? And how do we can address uh, racial injustice? And, and how do we, uh, you know, get the kids back to school? And, and, and how do we, you know, build and, and get some sense of normalcy? But again, what is normalcy going to be? Because if um, what was once normal is no longer going to be normal. So it, again, it's, it's being comfortable moving forward with a with what you have done and building forward with what has occurred. Because what, what was occurring in, in the way that we lived a year ago has uh, changed forever in many ways. And I think adapting and, and being comfortable with that um, is really critical to as we move forward and our leaders uh, and us as leaders, because we are individual leaders in many ways, are, are responsible for that and how we express ourselves. And I think paying attention to... Um, what what that means to me as the individual is important. You know, uh, I saw this other commercial on TV. Obviously, I'm watching way too much television as I uh, vent on my pet peeves. But, you know, uh, how people are discovering themselves. And they're discovering what's important because, because of, uh, you know, being uh, quarantined in their houses. You know, they're discovering what's important. One thing they discovered is, you know, personal hygiene is pretty gosh darn important. Isn't that amazing that we have discovered that personal hygiene is important? That after all these years, when my grandmother told me you got to wash your hands after you get out of the bathroom and, you know, you got to cover your mouth when you cough with your elbow and, uh, and wash your hands before every meal and, and wash your hands after you touch that, it's dirty. Isn't it amazing that those old lessons now are life-saving lessons? And, uh... That, that kind of blows my mind away, too. That, and, and, um, it, so I just think it's really interesting as we move forward, and now I'm rambling a bit, but I think it's interesting to see what we're building on and not so much striving to go back to have things the way they were, but what, what are we building on to uh, have things more fulfilling moving forward? And... You know, and maybe that's a part of what came out of isolation when people said, I really found out about a lot about myself. And uh, I don't know, maybe people are just saying that. They found out, you know, but I think that it's important that um, it's viewed as building. We always view as building and as solutions are being looked at and as discoveries are being made and we're working through a crisis. It's that, again, it's moving it forward. You know, this isn't just, what's interesting about this is this is a, is, is everyone's crisis. We're all, you know, anyone is living in a crisis right now. And that crisis has pods, you know, pods and pockets of conflict in it, you know, obvious conflict. And, and, and they contribute to it and they detract from it and they move it forward and they stall it and they sidetrack it. But uh, it's interesting to see that universally we're, we're in a crisis and what is that like and how do people react to it? You know, how do people react to recommendations? Uh, how do people react to being told, you know, this will better it? How do people react to information that's being given to them? Uh, information they may not want to hear or information they pretend is real. It's re I just think it's fascinating to, to look at that and, and, you know, comfort. So to find comfort in the information and, you know, it's just not accurate and I'm not going to pick sides here. But it's really um, 
interesting to me how how this how this is uh, rolled out and, and where it's going to go. I mean, where where will this head? And I think what's really amazing to me is where uh, in 2021, the second day of it, is that most of this crisis that we're in as stakeholders, we are empowered to have an impact. In many situations, you know, in many crises in the, in, in, through history, uh, not everyone, not everyone, everyone was empowered to have an impact. And I think, I hate it when people say, I think. You know, what do you care what I think? My observation is, this is unique in that all of us have, are empowered to have an impact. And we can impact it in one way, by taking recommendations, or we can impact it in another way, by not taking rec- uh, recommendations. We can impact it by um, assuming all information is accurate, or we can impact it by taking time to uh, look at different perspectives. And uh, I, I think it's really interesting that um, that we're at this point. And I think as we move forward, it's going to be uh, critical and crucial to see how this evolves. And I think when people talk about, when people or when we hear about or whatever, um, that this is a life-changing in, in discovering, you know, what's important. You know, I hope a lot of what's important is we're finding are those are a lot of the, the basic, uh, I guess, values that, that, you know, family and friends and each other and, and respect and, and dignity uh, and taking care of our, our, our health and our neighbors. And I'm just wondering, um, how does that, how will that truly play out into uh, moving forward into 2021. And, uh, you know, as, as I said in the introductory uh, podcast, if you had the pleasure of uploading that one, if not, it's still there on Buzzsprout. Um, I, think it's, I think it's really, uh, life is an improvisational scene. Life is improv. And in, in the same uh, methodology we use on that stage, is what comes at us in life, uh, status and characters and situations and how we respond to that is, is, is stakeholders and fear and subtext. And all that stuff gets mixed in and how we respond to that um, is how we move forward. So I think um, to me that's really, uh, you know, uh, Interesting, but those are just some of my pet peeves. You know, uh, those are my twelve, my my seven best pet peeves of of two thousand twenty one. Um, uh, but I think that's uh, that's where you know my mind is today. And and you know, as we move on forward, you know, this again, this podcast is a evolution moving forward. As I start getting used to this, and we'll get back, and I'll uh, pretty soon we'll be having some individuals on, artists and. And, and writers and, you know, hopefully to, to talk about how uh, their, um, their talents and, and, their, and their skills have, and their talent and expression has really reflected or impacted or uh, moved an awareness around uh, creativity and conflict resolution. And also the, the continuum, for me at least, is 
is how uh, improvisation and and that genre for me really accidentally on purpose aligned with uh, with the topic of crisis and conflict resolution. And I think that you know conflict and, and crises aren't necessarily always negative. You know, conflict is 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 not always negative, and and it can be a learning. You know, crises. Uh, more so, obviously, can be uh, a negative. Is, is you know, it's a negative and and is a different type of uh, uh, impact depending on the situation. You know, a crisis is very different, but conflict uh, is really an opportunity to learn and grow. And I think that hopefully uh, that's what twenty twenty one will will bring to us. Is that as these pods of conflict. Um, around the hot topics of 2021, which will carry over from 2020. They're still going to be there. Uh, but how we uh, embrace them and how we react to them and how we move forward with them, those pods of conflict will hopefully alleviate and eventually uh, disseminate a crisis. For, and we'll end up wherever we're going to, whatever it'll look like, how we function uh, later on. Which, which will be different. It will be different, which will be kind of cool in some ways. And it'll be great um, to live in a world where, once again, individuals can interact and, uh, and, uh, and there's a healthy and a safe and, and hopefully dignity in this world. So that, that's my 2021 uh, observation. I think I have about five boxes of food with Maria Osmond's picture on them that are going to be delivered to my door so I can start eating my regulated meals. But, you know, I wondered if I take those boxes of food, can I have like a buffet? Can I take my month's worth of um, whatever that is and, and put all my meals out and have a, have a healthy buffet? Does that count or do I have to eat them on schedule? I'll have to take a look at the, the instructions. But this is Tim Marr. This is uh, Failing Up. Today was my 2021 little rant. And I um, want to thank Jungle Jim for the beautiful music that's going to carry us out of today. Have a great early on 2021 and um, look forward to uh, sharing some more of <laughs> whatever I have to share with you. So uh, have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, day and uh, happy new year. <laughs>